For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're saying you're an idiot. Yeah. Cartilage is a soft tissue. I'm a woman, so I'm going to grow a penis. <laughs> Trying to meditate while you're dying, right? So- I was the guy that, that got by with a 70 in public speaking because I would do all the work except for the speech, you know? Men with micro penises can get significant size enhancement by using DHT cream. Sometimes you don't realize how stressed you are until you do something to fix it. This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community and host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is a Facebook group of patients helping patients navigate the struggles associated with testosterone replacement therapy. We have educational resources at testosteronepodcast.com, including TRT-related clinical studies and a doctor search tool. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. What's going on, guys? Brandon, founder of the TRT community. I just said that. Today, I'm here uh, solo. I'm going to be interviewing a doctor. Uh, we've got Dr. Eric Fate on the show. He's the fitness physician. Dr. Eric helps people lose weight and optimize hormones so they can look and feel their best. He uses a technique uh, that's a combination of medical and cellular protocols. He's the host of the Relentless Vitality podcast and discusses uh, topics such as heart health, metabolism, peptides, that kind of thing. Dr. Eric is a graduate of Miami University. He earned his degree in microbiology, and he holds a medical degree from the prestigious or prestigious Chicago College of Osteopathic Medicine. He's certified in age management medicine and peptide therapy and uses peptides in his treatment protocols. Dr. Eric has quite a unique outlook on life, and that overflows into his treatment of patients. You can learn more about Dr. Eric at drericprimex.com. As always, if you're looking for a doctor, definitely uh, give me a shout. I can hook you up with the best hormone replacement therapy physicians in the industry. We've got a new forum on the website, testosteronepodcast.com. New t-shirts, new t-shirts out right now. Yeah, that's about it. Check out the... uh, the form on there, you fill it out. I'll text you, call you, email you, whatever you want within 24 hours and, and set you up with uh, with the doctor. I appreciate you, you go, coming man? on the show. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You have a good week so far? Yeah, not too bad. Um, like I said, you've, you've been introed and, and we're ready to roll. Um, okay. So I was doing some homework uh, on you and I noticed that you used to be an ER doc, right? <clears throat> Yep. So is it safe to assume that, that doing that kind of work and seeing so many people living their lives in an unhealthy manner is what kind of pushed you into preventative medicine? Yeah, very intuitive, man. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. I saw, um, you know, saw people at their worst, right? And just uh, for years and years and just, you know, at first you just kind of take care of it and you do it. And then you start thinking about it like, dude, why am I seeing like a 35-year-old who you know, doesn't work, stays home. He's on 20 different medications. He's overweight, doesn't work, you know, can't take care of himself. I'm like, this is just not right. What is going on? This could be prevented, you know, if you just live your life better, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's what kind of got me there. So I'm like, I got to, I got to prevent this from happening. So did you go <laughs> directly from that into optimizing hormones and health or was there something in between? Yeah, no, it was a good question. It was kind of a circuitous route, right? So I actually met another ER guy who was kind of getting into something else. I've always kind of had that, you know, kind of entrepreneurial mindset. And I, a near doc, I knew when I was in high school, I entered, you know, when he got me in, he's like, he told me, he said, he's like, man, ER is great, but you got to have a plan B, man. So uh, I always had kept my eyes and ears open anyway. So a nurse introduced me to another doc who was there. It's like, oh, you should talk to Dr. So-and-so. He's starting up this clinic and he was doing like uh, varicose vein procedures in the office and uh, cosmetic procedures and things like that. And so long story short, we ended up talking and I went and hung out with him a few times and He's kind of like, dude, come work with me and get out of the ER. And, you know, one thing led to know, so we did that for a while. We were uh, outpatient clinical setting doing a lot of aesthetic work, um, varicose vein treatments and stuff. And But we got into like, you know, all the lasers, but then we, we got in some cool stuff like stem cell treatments, PRP therapy, you know, uh, the P wave, the shock wave, the guy that invented the P wave was a colleague, good friend of ours. He came and we met him years and years ago, Dr. Charles Runnels. He's been around for a long time and helping guys with ED. And we started getting into all that kind of regenerative medicine aspect. And 
um, started doing all kinds of cool stuff there. And then I started kind of let the one thing led to another. That's when I learned about it. I was like, hormones, you know, that would make sense. These guys are coming in with ED or whatever. I'm like, it would make sense to optimize their hormones and let me learn about that. And so I started getting into the age management side of things and learning about that. Then I, then I got full bore into hormones and anti-aging longevity. And then I got into the world of peptides and cellular medicine, muscle medicine. And then I started learning about functional medicine and genetics and it just kind of, you know, there's so much to learn. I mean, nobody yeah. can learn it all. It's just impossible. There's just so much out there. But um, anyway, so I just started, you know, just learning more and more every day, you know, just realizing how much we all don't know and just kind of steamrolled from there. You get uh, good results with the P-Wave stuff? Yeah, man, absolutely. So uh, do the P-Shot. That's what it was called. A lot of guys, of course, have knockoff names for it now to 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 uh, kind of get around the yeah the, the little stuff but uh so we would do treatments like what's called the p-shot where you inject stem cells or uh your own pr platelet drive pet plasma into the into the penis we'd use it with shockwave therapy and in combination a lot of times but they both worked individually but together they worked really well have you are so, you on tiktok yeah i don't get on there very much though there's a doctor on there he calls himself the dick doc on tiktok and he <laughs> he, he has a, a hap penis procedure um, okay. I don't, I don't know that it's, that's a P shot or P wave or anything like that, but he's doing something. He's taken fat and stem cells and he's, it's aesthetic. He's injecting it into a, the penis right. and making it girthier. But, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would be terrified that you'd end up losing sensation or, you know, something would go wrong. Yeah. They used to, they, I was aware of people that had like, uh, cause we used to do like fat transfers, right. into people. And it's like, and there's been, that's kind of been, they started going down in the penis a long time ago. People, people have some really bad outcomes sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not messing with that. You yeah. get into some displacement <laughs> or migration or some fibrosis of the tissues and like the bad things can happen. I'm like, no, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. So, yeah. <laughs> so when I was digging around on your website, um, I realized, you know, you say that you're helping folks optimize their health, their hormones, their vitality, lose weight, feel better, uh, so that they can live to give. And that really struck yeah. me. I love that. And I feel like the live to give piece is missing from so many, not, not just the world, but specifically from the world of medicine, you know, and so many doctors are just about treating the patient to line their pockets or, you know, even to solve the patient's problems, but the live, like you're looking beyond just the treatment, you're wanting to restore something in these patients. How did that, how'd that come about? Where'd that come from? You know, I just kind of made it up, honestly. Um, and I, I try to throw that in on my, at the end of my videos a lot of times. That's just kind of my thing. And so I'm trying to be, uh, over the years as I get older, I try to be more, um, I don't know, I guess uh, I've always been that way, I guess, to try to be more selfless and more giving because my, I guess where I came up with it is like, I'm helping people to feel good, right? And then, so when you feel good about yourself, you know, what do you do? Well, you tend to treat people better and you do nice things for other people. You know, if you're tired and, and fat and inflamed and irritated and broke, you're probably not going to be a very nice person. So, but if you're feeling good about yourself, I can get anyone feeling better physically, mentally, emotionally, even if it's just by words of encouragement, they're going to feel better. They're going to probably talk to their wife or husband better, be better at work, be more productive. And then my, and my whole thing is it's kind of like the golden rule, right? When you read the Bible, it's like pass it forward, right? You know, do good to others. And hopefully they'll pass it forward to other people. Like you can buy the coffee behind your line. Hopefully they'll buy someone for coffee, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's just about live to give. So my whole mantra is like, you know, I'm Dr. Feelgood, right? I play the Motley Crue song. It's like, if I can make you feel good physically, mentally, some way, shape or form, then hopefully you'll be a better person and you'll make someone else feel good. And then just kind of spreads like a beautiful wave, you know, across the pond. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that was kind of my philosophical, philanthropic, I guess, attempt. And my, my big goal, truthfully, is really to kind of make a philanthropic component of what I do so I can like, you know, do stuff for free and, and make like a little foundation. I've always wanted to have like a little travel foundation and like a medical foundation where I can do a lot of stuff for free. I mean, I give away a lot of stuff all the time. I do stuff for people and my, you know, people ask me for things and my friends and for, you know, different people. And I, yeah. I undercharge for a lot of things. I, I give away a lot of free stuff and I know people are yelling at me all the time. Dude, you can't do it. You gotta run <laughs> business. You know, I'm like, I know, but it's just, I'm soft hearted, you know? So, yeah. but, uh, but anyway, so that's where that came from. I just kind of made it up and I, I had a nice little ring to it. So, you know, hopefully yeah. other people will, do the same thing, man. Yeah, I like that. I think you're well on your way to, you know, to being able to operate more like you want to. I think there's, uh, you know, since that component's missing from so many people's lives or even medical practices, there's there's reward there to, to be had. I got into TRT for mental health reasons. And so, you know, a lot of the, the YouTube channels or the podcasts, I guess, or the groups that, that talk about TRT are more about the gains and um, right. 
I tend to relate more with the the dad that can't parent his children appropriately or can't husband his wife appropriately and uh, the anxiety specifically. So I bet you see a lot of patients that aren't even aware of the benefits that they might find at some point because they're not thinking like I didn't go into it thinking I'm an anxious wreck. I need something. That was just a side effect that it was awesome, yeah. you know? So do you see a lot of patients that end up later being like, Hey, you really helped my depression or my anxiety? Oh, definitely. And I, I want to talk to you about that too, just to uh, get your personal take on it. But I, I love that. Absolutely. And I think you're right. It is underrepresented. That's kind of actually on my list of my to-do list of things to talk about because I have a very close friend who's battling with depression and a lot of it's hormonal and I'm working yeah. on that. And uh, I became aware of that years ago with uh, a couple of colleagues. You probably know, Doc, you know, probably know Dr. Mark Gordon, right? I've heard of him. I don't know him personally. Yeah. So he, he treats a lot of vets who have uh, traumatic brain injury, PTSD type stuff. And that's when I kind of opened my eyes years ago about it, um, where there's a lot of people with mental issues, depression, anxiety, PTSD, or even they're labeled as PTSD, but they really don't have PTSD. They actually have, uh, you know, a, a disruption in their neuro neurochemistry, um, in the neuro, the, uh, neuroendocrine, uh, pathways, uh, not just the hormones in the body, but the uh, neurohormones, neurosteroids in the brain. And yeah. you fix that and all of a sudden they're better, you know, and kind of like with, for you, um, same thing, you know, there's that whole mental aspect. And I think it's underappreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't, I don't care about the 20 year old guy who just wants to get jacked. You know, that's not right. my, that's not my client. You know, I want someone, you know, who's older, who's wants to, get it back and regain their youth or maintain or improve or someone like yourself, who's kind of feels it more mentally. So what, yeah, what, uh, what, what were you experiencing? Did you have a head injury or was it something else related or what brought it, what helped you? Uh, I don't know what it was. I didn't have a head injury. Uh, didn't have the greatest childhood, but I wouldn't have said that I had a problem. You know, it wasn't, I just, I was a f relatively successful white collar, middle of the pack kind of guy. Um, I had social anxiety and I didn't have ambition but, um, within, oh gosh, probably within, um, I don't know, eight weeks of starting TRT, I enrolled in college. I went back to school and that was something that wasn't on my radar at all. Awesome. Uh, you know, awesome. so from there, you know, just thinking just in my day job, I've become a leader, um, you know, presentations, meetings, that kind of thing, doing this podcast, talking to people, this, these are not things that I would have ever thought to do or been able to do. Yeah. I was the guy that, that got by with a 70 in public speaking because I would do all the work except for the speech, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah. it, just things that were subtle. They weren't, um, they weren't things that I was, uh, aware of at the time. In fact, I didn't notice it until I stopped TRT for a time. And it, it was right. at that point where I was like, man, I'm, I'm feeling some anxiety, you know, and then recognized that I had had it all along and that it was gone with the TRT. So that's, that's my big passion is, um, just connecting the guys that, that need to take a nap after work or can't engage with their kids and don't have yeah. that mental capacity to live their life to the fullest. And there's Is a lot of them. You picked up on yourself or was it other people that brought to your attention or a little bit of both way back? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, definitely both. I mean, I noticed, you know, the college thing and, and then I noticed, um, you know, moving up the ranks in my day job and, and things like that. And then before I knew it, I was asked to start the podcast. I didn't give it a second thought. I was like, yeah, sure. I've never listened to a podcast before, but why not? Yeah. And then when uh, I yeah. started looking back on things, it's like, man, I don't, I don't speak. I failed public speaking like three times, you know? Uh, so just <laughs> awesome. piecing together the, the dot or connecting the dots in, in those ways. And it's, it's been life changing for me. So, uh, anecdotally, you know, I've got a Facebook group, um, 30 some odd thousand folks in there talking about TRT and anecdotally, I mean, there's, there's got to be close to a thousand guys in there that have said at one point that they have been able to discontinue the SSRI after starting TRT. Not that I'd oh, yeah. ever advise anyone to just do that, but they just stop taking it, you know, and, and are fine after Ooh. testosterone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Men and women, uh, I see that a lot, you know, and it's like so many people are over medicated with that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, and there's a place for it, you know, kind of like statins, right? There's a place, but they're way overused. And like you said, if you could just fix the underlying issue, naturally, yeah. bam, you don't need any of that stuff. You I could go sure. to a doctor right now, just to primary care. And I could say, I've been feeling a little blue and they're going to prescribe me, you know, an SSRI. But if I talk to him about testosterone, they're going to say your beard is way too thick for your testosterone to be low. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that, man. No. You're going to die. You're going to get prostate cancer and heart disease. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you're also real big on improving gut uh, microbiome. So how, how important is that? Why do you do it? How do you do it? Yeah, gut's huge, man. We're learning more and more every day how much we don't know about the gut. But um, 
I kind of got interested in that for myself. I had some gut issues a while back. I still have some off and on issues with like constipation type issues, gut issues and stuff. And um, so, you know, the gut microbiome is, is massively important for brain health, heart health, you know, body composition, hormones, everything. Um, and where I think we're learning more and more about how it's interconnected, the whole gut brain axis and uh, the inflammatory processes that if your gut's inflamed, your whole body's going to be inflamed because everything runs through the gut. So not to mention all the the hormones and uh, neurochemicals that are made in the gut. You know, you talk about, you know, CCK and serotonin and PYY and, you know, GLP, all these crazy acronyms, but it's like, it's interconnected. So you got to heal the gut. And nowadays, shoot, you know how it is. It's like, we live in a very toxic world, the the food, the water, the toxins, the air, the plastics, the microplastics and pollution. It's terrible. I mean, it's, it's, we're living in a very tough world. So you got to really keep yourself clean inside. out. Yeah. So sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes just maybe some dietary modifications, you know, filtering your water, eating organic foods, you know, that kind of thing. But sometimes some people really, I've had some people with some really messed up guts and I've had to kind of, you know, kill the bad bugs and repopulate the good bugs kind of thing um, with different, uh, different regimens of, uh, you know, natural, natural herbs and uh, supplements and some prebiotics and probiotics, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll try to get the, the butyrate uh, pop, population up with uh, butyrate supplementation. You have to do it very strategically because it could be it could go bad. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, other stuff, too. Right. You know, in terms of, you know, sleep, lifestyle, stress, stress is huge. Of course, people a lot of people are stressed the max or not sleeping and they're eating a crappy diet. So they have the trifecta. So you got to fix all those things. They could eat a good diet and and, uh, you know, everything else. But if their sleep's off, their stress is off. It's going to mess things up and, and no matter what. So you kind of have to hit everything. those are the hard ones. Right. Because yeah. nobody wants to. I got to meditate and I got to do this and nobody, everybody just wants the quick fix in America, right? They want the pill. Just give me the shot. Give me the thing. And it's just, you know, that's, that's what drives me nuts. Everybody's out there promoting, you know, stuff that they really shouldn't be talking about. That's, (laughs) I don't want to get on a pedestal, but you know, stay in your lane, man. Uh, There's, it's way more complicated than what it's in. So, but yeah, gut health is a, is a, is a huge deal for sure. So when you talk about um, those lifestyle habits that, that are affecting our, our health in general, um, the obvious ones, you know, diet, exercise, drinking uh, from a steel container instead of a water bottle. Those are easy. What do you do for stress? Meditate? What else? Is there, are there other things that you do to control that? Yeah, lifestyle is huge, man. I'm actually I'm going to have a whole lifestyle course coming out. It's all video. I'm going to be launching here pretty soon. Uh, it's going to talk about a lot of these things. So um, my uh, Primax Cellular Nutrition and Fitness uh, Facebook page, will, I'll have some. I created four of that, but I haven't launched it yet. But yeah, it's a, multi, it's a multifaceted answer. answer. Um but those are some the things you mentioned are key. Um, but for stress specifically, that's a hard one because you gotta. It's kind of like um, kind of like exercising, right? You gotta find someone that someone likes to do and they're gonna do. You know, we could yeah. say meditation is fantastic. I think everybody should do it. But there are some people that are gonna fight you on that, right? Um, so you gotta find some maybe a different way to do it or something similar but different. Maybe get them doing some tai chi or some yoga or something like that, or maybe just some breath work, uh, just doing some breathing exercise throughout the day, some box breathing. Four, five, seven breathing, um, diaphragmatic breathing, uh, nasal breathing, alternate nasal breathing, different breathing techniques. Maybe that's something easy you could do in five minutes, just sitting here in your chair, right? Yeah. Um, everybody's got time for that. But um, I'm a big fan of meditation and prayer and uh, writing. You know, I like to write. I like to like sit down. Like one of the things I try to do every morning is write and 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 in the evening, but usually in the morning, write down a gratitude list, things that I'm grat- grateful for and that I'm happy for. Um, just kind of frames the mind. You know, when you first get up in the morning, yeah. I try to meditate for five minutes and just journal maybe or just write down my gratitude list and my goals for the day and for my life. Um, it kind of puts you in a f- proper frame of mind, you know what I mean? And um, sometimes you got to get up early. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, get up at five o'clock in the morning just so I can get all my stuff done, you know, before I even really go, just my mental stuff, you know? So, uh, but everybody's got five minutes a day to breathe and to meditate. So I think I'm a big fan of that. If you can't do that, can you at least walk, you know, take a walk for 15 minutes and do a walking meditation, just walking clears your head. You know what I mean? Um, maybe prayer or journaling or just something along those lines. Those are, those are the easy free ones. I and mean, there's some other things, you know, we could do for stress mitigation, but man, those are, I'd like to keep things simple. So those are the easiest, quickest things to do. And a lot of people know about it, but man, you just got to do it. Well, and they don't, uh, they don't connect those things to stress either. You know, like I'm sitting here going through the list of things that I do and I got into a habit of, you know, the alarm goes off at six. I got into the habit of not getting out of bed until six 30. I'll sit there and scroll on TikTok and, I'll be watching a video on TikTok uh, about how I shouldn't be looking at my phone first thing in the morning because it spikes, you know, whatever levels. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so, so recently I start, my church just put out a, um, like a morning meditation, devotional five minute drive is what I think it's called. And I've started doing that. And, 
And you're right. Framing the day that, that really sets things from the first, you know, as soon as you wake up, it just kind of sets things right. And it gets you in that mind space. So, you know, even I starting doing that and notice how much better I feel. I didn't connect it to stress. You know, that I think that's an interesting correlation there. Well, it's kind of like what you mentioned about when the TRT, you didn't realize until you're off it. And sometimes you don't realize how stressed you are until you do something to fix it. Because everybody's like, you know, I'm listening to patients and their lifestyle on their day. And I'm like, dude, you're stressed to the max. And I don't, <laughs> I don't say that. I say it a nice way, but they're like, oh, no, man, I'm good. I can handle stress. I got this. It's that whole macho thing. Like, you don't got it. Look at your, look at your heart rate variability. Look at your sleep. Look at your workouts. Look at your testosterone. Look at your, your cortisol. I mean, you're, it's, it's hurting you, man. So some people just don't realize they think they can handle it and maybe they can, but you know, that's when I ask them all those tough questions about their sleep, how they talk into their spouse. Um, how's their digestion? You know, how are their bowel movements? You know, how is their mood? How is their energy? Are they having cravings? You know, how are their workouts? How is their recovery? All these little things. And sometimes just these little subtle little nuances and the questions you find out, you know, and they kind of, you string them together and you realize there's some stuff going on. And then, and like you said, once you fix it, they're like, Oh yeah, shit, I and, do feel bad. I'm so much better. And they're not self-aware. I'm, I'm not self-aware in that respect. Like I'm, I have to write everything down. I'm not, I'm not great about, okay, this is my dose of this medicine. How am I feeling that I have to, I have to journal it. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to connect those dots later. And I think a lot of people are that way, you know, uh, well, I I don't feel as anxious anymore and I'm just realizing it two years later. Well, yeah, that's because you didn't know you were anxious to begin with. And sometimes it comes down to, um, you know, these two things, right. Listening to other people. Cause sometimes we're so resistant and like, Oh man, I, I, no, 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 I'm good. And like, you know, if your wife or your significant, whoever is telling you things all the time, you're like, no, I'm fine. And yeah. listen to them. You know, if they're telling you, dude, you're kind of grumpy every morning kind of thing. There's something there. I just read a, an email from uh, uh, one of Craig Ballantyne's emails, you know, that he probably read his stuff. Like it's the perfect day formula. Um, I don't know if you were the compound effect. I think he's got some books out there, but it's kind of like, just kind of like with training. It's like, just, journal everything, you know, every day, like, what'd you eat? You know, how was, you know, how was your bowel movements? How's your digestion? How's your mood? How's your workouts? How's your recovery? How's your sleep? Just write that down every single day. And then over time, you kind of mm-hmm. connect the dots. Like you're saying, you know, write everything down. I'm kind of that, like that way too. I'm trying to get better at it, but you know, after a while, you notice some trends and you can kind of start connecting the dots. Like, Oh, I know that, you know, I'm eating X, Y, Z and then I'm drinking this thing of coffee and I'm talking to so-and-so then late, then an hour later, I got a bad headache and my stomach hurts. Like what's, Oh, you know, one of those things. You yeah. Know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. It, it's also tough to, uh, to listen to other people sometime that reminded me of, um, before TRT, I had a job interview at one point and it was a, a big panel interview for a management position. And, um, I didn't get the position. And one of the takeaways, I, I said something about, um, you know, being condescending and and having to be aware and not to not be condescending. And, um, one of the the pieces of feedback that I got was, we're afraid that you're going to be condescending. And so what I told them in that moment, I was pissed. And I said, well, I did say the word condescending if that's what's got you confused during my interview. And, um, it took me, I don't know, two years to reflect back on that and be like, wow, I, I really proved her point. You know, I, I really showed her exactly. <laughs> she was exactly right. So listening to, to feedback like that too, has been infor- important to me um, just to be able to reflect back humbly and, and think, okay, yeah, you know, she was right. I was a jerk. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Two things real quick. I, I want to mention you, you're talking about how um, at first you're wondering about yourself doing the podcast and, you got that. You, you, you're a natural. I mean, you're definitely you're like a radio radio. You got that calm, soothing uh, Wolfman Jack voice, man. You got a good that got that good radio voice. I just want to compliment you on that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is uh, morning habits. Do you ever read the book, um, The 5 a.m. Club? I'm a terrible reader. I don't I don't oh, read yeah. much. Yeah. Get, an, get it on audiobook. You can always listen to it. Yeah. How is it? Pretty it's good. a good book. Yeah. It's just what we were just talking about, like getting up early and getting those those mental habits and framing your day kind of thing. So, yeah. Good deal. So you've uh, you've also recent uh, recently launched launched your custom weight loss program, and you use protocols that nobody else is using. So what's that look like? I was just getting so much feedback because I do you know the hormones, the peptides, you know body composition, performance, brain fog, fatigue, you know thyroid issues, you name it. Then, but you know it's kind of like you know again what comes down to what are what are people complaining about? Of course, everybody's complaining about weight. You know weight. You know especially the women. So I'm like one of my colleagues told me, I was like, dude, give them what they want help them out. And they need help. So that's where I kind of focus it more for women, but I've got a lot of guys on it too, because as you know, obesity and 
uh, it's just on the rise and it predisposes people like we were talking about earlier, like let's get their health back, you know, predispose you to metabolic syndrome and diabetes and heart disease and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, so that's kind of what I decided to do and kind of make it, I mean, I do a lot of that for my patients anyway, but this is really for those patients, you really just want to dial in the weight and then maybe they'll work on the other stuff later. So it's an all online program. And I, I find that I found it, I try to make it more about, um, try to personalize as much as I can, make it some, put some accountability in there. So I'll have some touch up calls, coaching calls. And uh, most of my, you know, I'll provide obviously some dietary nutrition guidelines some more, you know, fitness advice, things of that nature. And of course, if we have to do some lab work, look at the hormones, we'll do that. Um, but then from the medical side, you know, I use a lot of the medical peptides. Of course, you know, everybody out there is using, you know, Zempic and semaglutide and these other peptides. So I'm trying to, those are some of them that I use, but I also have a, what I call boosted semaglutide. So I have a couple of the pharmacies I have that have it combined with a couple of the products that make it stand out a little bit. But I also have a couple of nutraceutical products that I can get um, that I, and uh, one's an oral peptide and one's a nutraceutical. And they, they're, they're a good one, two or one, two, three punch to combine with the boosted semaglutide to really to do it. So, but again, it's all comes down, like we were talking about earlier about the nuances. I mean, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, but I've had a lot of patients come to me because they're given it by someone you know, a, a, a gym owner, a salon owner, or whoever doesn't know anything about medicine, there's, you know, yeah. finding them a way to hook them up. And then they're having problems. They're getting side effects or you're having these issues. Same with the, the testosterone. I get guys coming all the time because they're getting treated improperly. Yeah. So I, I do it the right way and I fix it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tell me about it. You know, the, the guys, the guys want to use their insurance naturally. I'm assuming you don't accept insurance, right? No, Correct. Yeah. no, um, no decent hormone doctor does, but they, they want to use their insurance. So they go that route and then, you know, they get, they brag about how they're getting their treatment for $12 a month or whatever. And then I know six months later, you're going to be private messaging me. Okay. Who should I use? I'm ready to pay. Right. <laughs> You'll feel great for a few weeks. And then you, you know, it's, it's crazy. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. Yeah. So, you, you know, I would love to do insurance, but I've, I've been down that road and it's just not worth the hassle. And, they cause problems and get you in trouble and they, they just dictate don't. treatment. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's just no good, good, good outcome there. <laughs> you're a, you're an incredibly intelligent guy. You speak incredibly quickly. In one of your videos, you were talking about uh, GLP one. You mentioned um, something about decreasing DPP four, increasing GLP one naturally. Right. Am I mm. tracking right? Yeah. So is this, is doing this naturally, essentially like creating your own semaglutide within your own body and it's regulating things kind of yeah and to your point about uh we were talking about earlier about listening to people and i i am working on that because i know i talk way too damn fast on my videos <laughs> and I'm, I'm really trying to slow it down because I'll, I'll hear comments like that and my, even my wife's like dude slow down <laughs> i just get excited you know and i just start talking I'm like ah. yeah, yeah so thank you for reminding me of that <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I, that I, I did a series on gut health and how it can affect your metabolism and therefore your body composition. Yeah, I mean, we make our bodies make our own GLP-1. And um, I think that one was specifically talk about the, the gut microbiome and how different types of gut bacteria can not only help you produce more of it, but number two, um, they can affect that enzyme that breaks down that DPP-4 that breaks down GLP-1. So by altering your gut microbiome, uh, kind of making the good guys more and getting rid of the bad guys, um, that can enhance that. So in essence, you can make your own GLP-1. Um, but the question is, is it could be the same as taking exogenously? Um, maybe, maybe early on, if you're, you know, if you're like, you know, 40 pounds overweight and you've got insulin resistance, it's probably not going to work. I mean, it'll help a little bit, but it's just not going to get the job done. But it can finally kind of tune you if, if that's something that you need. Yeah. So if you're younger and you're catching early, maybe you can optimize it and help it and, and stave it off and improve it. Um, but it's kind of like TRT, you know, can you, you bump up your own testosterone to, and get you to where you need to be naturally? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's going to take a lot of work um, mm -hmm. and you have to be really diligent, but it can be done. It's just damn hard. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, no matter what you do, you could eat, do everything right. And it's just not going to get there. So same with the GLP one, you could do everything right. And it's going to help. But if you've got a lot of weight to use, you're already down that road, you got PCOS or insulin resistance. It's, Unfortunately, probably not going to be enough. It's going to help, but you're probably still going to need some help exogenously. Yeah. Would it um, would it help on top of exogenous GLP-1 or is it something like testosterone where you're not going to create your own once you start injecting? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. It's going to help, of course, you know, it'll because, you know, you're you're trying to bump up those GLP-1 levels. So it, it will help. Every little bit will help. I don't think it's going to be as much as obviously taking it because it's just going to override that. Right. Yeah. But 
by doing the things to make your own GLP-1, you're improving your gut microbiome and therefore reducing inflammation and enhancing those other metabolic pathways in your gut, like enhancing your, your, the bile acid metabolism, enhancing, uh, some of the other products of so those other enzymatic pathways in the gut, like serotonin and PYY and these other things that are going to indirectly help you with your appetite, your cravings and your weight loss. So it's going to be a synergistic effect. So in that way, it will help almost in more of an indirect pathway, if that makes sense. Yeah. So now you're, if you're doing both then yeah, you're going to get a much better effect. So, um, I haven't had some, you know, I've been in the hormone game for close to 10 years, but most of that has taken place on Facebook. So peptide therapies, uh, are relatively new to be accepted, you know, in the world of, well, Facebook, yeah. they still don't accept it. So point is yeah. I haven't really, gone deep into peptides. So I've got a list of things here. If I can just fire them off, you tell me what they are, what they do. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm going to try to, uh, I've been trying to get more active on Facebook of late too. I've, I've avoided for a long time for political reasons. I just don't like Facebook, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. my, you know, the guys I'm working with, my marketing team, my business coach, he's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta use it. So I've been more yeah. active. So I will definitely make it a, uh, want to jump on your, your, your page too and jump on, make comments. And yeah. if that's okay, if I can yeah, answer definitely. questions and provide any value to your listeners, I'm happy to do that. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, make sure I try to get on there too. So. Come on in. We're, uh, we're actually, I'm trying to shift away from Facebook for the, the same reasons. Um, so I've started a, a website forum and it's a little bit old school, you know, it's something that I had whenever I was yeah. a teenager, but, um, you know, it's growing a little bit. So that's where I'm pushing things, but by all means, join one, join both. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to have the input. So first of all, what is a peptide? So peptides, the short version of just a protein molecule, right? It's just a smaller, typically less than 100 amino acids or so. Uh, it's just a truncated, a, a truncated uh, amino acid, truncated protein molecule. And like we were talking about with the GLP-1s, many of them are just made in the body naturally. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them. So what the pharmacies have done now is just just like with the, you know other medications, they just formulate them and now they can make them and to be given exogenously. So it's basically just a small protein molecule. Gotcha. So, uh, first one, BPC 157. I, I understand, I believe I understand that it's for soft tissue. Is there any chance that it repaired cartilage in my knee? Yeah, okay. absolutely. It's uh, so kind of body protection compound is how it got its name. And, um, it's kind of like what I call the healing peptide, right? Uh, but it does a lot of things for the gut too. It's been used for gut issues as well. Um, but it can definitely help all the soft tissues, tendons, ligaments, uh, cartilage, bone, muscle. Uh, it can help repair a lot of those. So cartilage is a soft up. tissue. That's what you're saying. You're yeah. saying you're an idiot. Yeah. Cartilage is a soft tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't think to... it's, a str- I don't think it says, um, I don't want to say as strong, but I think it's definitely more proven, I guess, with the like ligaments and like tendons as opposed to cartilage. Yeah. So like for me, I'm a great example. I mean, I've, I've used it myself for many. I've got some cartilage issues too, but it's not necessarily going to take you from, you know, you've got a one layer of cartilage. It's not going to regrow this thick layer. Yeah. It's not going to do that, but it can definitely help uh, repair and mitigate the inflammatory process. So it will help. Yeah. I, I went to Topgolf. You've been to Topgolf? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's now, a fun place. Went to Topgolf. Don't, don't have knee trouble. I, I don't. I never have. Uh, something about Top Golf. I did something. Was fine that night. The next day, I woke up and I couldn't move and I couldn't walk for correctly for, gosh, three four months. So I finally Ooh. scheduled. Yeah, I scheduled an, an ortho appointment. They did the uh, MRI right. and yeah, you yeah. know, it's a cartilage problem. You know, small tear, whatever. Um, before exploring treatment further, I started BPC one fifty seven, and this was three or four months of pain when I walked and within. Four weeks, I was a hundred percent. I mean, no awesome. sign and and no looking back. This was two or three years ago. I've had no issues since. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it's powerful. I've had a lot of patients. They've had some really good success. I had a former, uh, I can't name names, but a former uh, Olympia guy. Let's just say that who <laughs> put him on that and another one, and he and he back to throwing around the heavy weights in a couple in like a month or two. It's yeah. amazing. What about uh, what is it? Thym- thymosis alpha one. What's that? Yeah. So there's two thymosins. There's thymosin alpha one, and then there's thymosin beta. Um, the thymosin beta is another one that's used for healing of soft tissues, but thymosin alpha um, has become a bit contentious. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a great peptide. 
And the reason is, like we were talking about earlier, because of politics and economics, right? You know, big pharma doesn't like it because, uh, you know, it helps people heal and uh, bolsters their immune system, so to speak. So it can help your some of your natural um, immune cells function a little bit more properly, reduce inf- excessive inflammation. So it's very helpful for people with autoimmune issues, uh, excessive inflammatory conditions, um, and things like that. So um, basically just kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with like adaptogens, like herbs, mm-hmm. medicines, uh, that you take. Um, so it kind of like adaptogens will kind of give your body what it needs, right? If you're overly stressed, have too much cortisol, it'll balance it. If you don't have enough, it'll kind of bring it up. Right. So the thymosin kind of does the same thing with the immune system. It can help some of the segments of your immune cells, what they call T cells and B cells. And if they're overactive, like with an autoimmune condition, kind of quiet down a little bit and, and say, go chill, quit attacking yourself. Right. Uh, alternatively, if it's inflamed where you don't have enough, it'll make it a little more effective. So if you've got say, you know, a viral infection or some other thing. It's just not ramping up a proper immune response. It'll kind of kick in the button and say, dude, go kill these little, little bastards. Right. So huh. it kind of like an adaptogen, it'll, it'll do what the, make the immune system do what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I've got psoriasis. So probably good for that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Huh. Our thymus gland just involutes. It kind of just shrinks as we get older. So we're making less of like these little T cells and B cells. And that's why one of the many reasons why people start having problems when we get older, but yeah, psoriasis, um, you know, Hashimoto's, all these autoimmune conditions be very helpful for something like that, for sure. Yeah. So I've got a, a random uh, question, not not incredibly random, but put you on the spot. If you can't answer <laughs> it, I will totally cut this out of the, the episode. But uh, I saw a guy the other day in our Facebook group talking about um, difficulty swallowing and wanting to know if it was related to TRT. And it got me thinking, again, remember, I'm the guy that reflects back two years later, I've had an issue with swallowing for about two years and to the point to where I've, I've been at business lunches and I've had to leave and go home and, and Heimlich my, not Heimlich myself, but, but work out this food up um, because it gets stuck in my esophagus, not my trachea. I can breathe, I can speak, but it just gets stuck there. I I saw my primary about it and um, she said something about an an ablation procedure or something. My, my, my neck is muscular and, and too big and it's, kind of closing in on there. Could that be TRT related? That's an awesome question. And that hits close to home because I had the same issues myself. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. And because I've had, I mean, anything's possible, right. But I don't think so. And here's, and here's why. Well, number one, like with me, like you, um, I've had similar issues uh, off and on. Like when I was, I was a kid. I had like a piece of steak stuck in my throat and I actually go to the, had to go to the hospital. They had to extract it. It was in the esophagus. Yeah. And then, um, ever since then I've had really difficult times small, like all through childhood, like I chew food, I'd have to drink water, wash it down, chew yeah. food, drink water, like all the time. And then over the time I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. So I got to really slow down, chew really good. And when I do that, it it's obviously better. So obviously I'm eating too damn fast. Right. <laughs> um, but through the years I've had that happen. Exactly. What you just described. Well, I'll get food stuck in my throat. And I, and like, I'm like bleh, vomiting up, yeah. it's like stuck. I can feel it. And do you get the foamy the mouth foamy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I've had a couple of episodes where it was so bad. Like I would actually get laryngospasm. So my larynx would spasm and like, <gasps> like yeah. I couldn't breathe. And it, yeah. it was in my esophagus. I know I could, right. I, mean, I could tell, but I was getting the spasm. It, it was scary. I mean, I thought what I was do you literally going to die. What do you do in that case? That's happened to me twice. And only recently. Very scary, man. And the only thing you can do is really just calm the hell down just try to slow your breathing as much just really go you know almost yeah. like you're trying to meditate while you're dying right it's just trying to slow <laughs> it down man that's oh, crazy yeah it the, just takes time the first time but that happened to me i was camping i thought i was dead for sure yeah scary mm-hmm. i did read about uh a, 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 an article in the anesthesia literature about a procedure and i forget the name of it now but I think it basically has to do with like an acupuncture point where right behind your ear here, like mm-hmm. if you find that little soft spot that is like really tender yeah, and you, and you push on, push on both sides, you'll feel it. it's like, Oh yeah. Um, it's supposed to relieve the learn that laryngospasm. So thank God I haven't had the chance to do it. I've had and haven't happened, but I literally had this happen to me about three nights ago. I was eating oatmeal of all things and it, it just got stuck. Yeah. And like I was literally spitting stuff up in a sink and I waited and I I've learned and through the years it, it's happened so many times I've learned just to relax and then until I feel it start to relax a little bit, and then I'll get some hot water and drink, and I can feel it push it through. Yeah. But if I drink it too fast, it'll come right back up. Yep. Yeah. Um, and very it scary. Gets and I, to the point to where um, you can't you can't swallow the liquid 
past whatever is stuck. It just, it, it goes down and then the water comes back up. My family thinks I'm crazy because I eat and drink and eat and drink. And they're all like finished with their meal before they touch their beverage. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a, a, for, a friend of mine who had this issue too, and he actually had that procedure done while his esophagus was stretched out. Um, but he's, the, that's my concern. I don't want to have that done because he's, he's now he's still have it came back. He's still having mm-hmm. issues with it. And I'm concerned about some injury and, and over damage, you know, damage to my soft face by doing that. Um, so I know anecdotally of, of a, several people who've, who've had that, you know, their whole life. And so obviously pre TRT stuff. So and again, yeah. that's just an N of three, right. But so, you know, is it possible that TRT could contribute to that? I guess it's possible, I, but I can't think of any physiologic mechanism that it would do that. I don't, there's no, no data indicating that it causes hyperplasia or excessive growth of tissues or laryngospasm yeah. or anything like we're talking about. So I, I'm not aware of anything like that. No, um, there is a condition called uh, eosinophilic esophagitis. Um, wow! Right, <laughs> say that five times fast. Um, and I'm just saying that because this is what the damn name is. But it's it's a hard one. I, I try never to talk medical jargon unless I have to. But um, <laughs> so the, <laughs> the eosinophils are like a component of your red blood cells that are, are active in like allergic reactions or like if you have a parasite, but typically allergies. Don't really know why. I've never really done, gone down the rabbit hole, but apparently it can get a buildup of that and cause some excessive inflammation in the esophagus. So um, for a while, I didn't try it consistently, but my friend, he was told by his uh, upper GI specialist to use uh, a topical steroid spray like Flonase. You typically mm-hmm. squirt up your nose and squirt down your throat, but actually swallow it, and it'll help with that huh. if you have that condition. So yeah. that might be something worth might, might might be worth trying for you. Yeah, that might that might be good. Yeah. Um, have you seen that, uh, that apparatus you put on and you, you pump it and it's supposed to be like your own personal Heimlich device? I've heard of that. I've never seen it. No, yeah. my wife is like, we're either going to buy one of these things or you're going to go see a doctor <laughs> because something's gotta, gotta change. And usually, you know, it's not a big event. Usually it's, you know, I just get up from the dinner table and I excuse myself and go do my thing. And, but I feel like it's happening more and more. And the two times that I wasn't able to breathe, that was that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You really got to probably do what I'm doing, man. And you think you, you again, you probably think you are, but you're not, you've got to eat slower and chew way more and, and try to get it. Cause I've learned through the years to really, really slow down and chew it to the point of like, where I don't need to drink every time now I've gotten better at, but there's still times like I'm like catching my wife yells at me. You're eating too fast because I, you know, I used to be an ER doc, so I used to have to eat fast. So it's a bad habit. So yeah. she yells at me all the time, but that's why I do it. I'm, I'm eating quickly and I'm not chewing it up very well and it gets stuck, you know. Mm-hmm. So really for you, slow it down, take smaller bites and just chew the crap out of it. It feels like much. You still eat pot roast? Yeah. That's yeah, that's I my do. number one killer right there. That, that yeah. <laughs> There was a about a two-year period of time where anytime I would eat any kind of roast or like a, a steak fajita, yeah, it would do it. Couldn't do it. You know, try the Flonase. You know, just squirt down your throat and swallow it and do that for like a month or two and see if that see if helps. If that works, then it's that really long name that you said. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what about CJC twelve ninety five? What's that do? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um so most people think of it as like the growth hormone uh, peptide, right? But it does a lot more than that. So that's what makes it a little bit different from like exogenous growth hormone because it acts indirectly more or less Kind of like with Clomid or HCG with guys with testosterone, H- uh, CJC really kind of kickstarts your own brain, your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland to make its own growth hormone to secrete it. We actually have plenty of it as we get older. A lot of people think we just don't make it. We do make plenty. It just doesn't come out. It doesn't squirt out of your brain effectively as well as it should. You don't get those pulses. So the CJC kind of indirectly makes your pituitary gland pump out more growth hormone in a natural fashion when you're supposed to have it at night um, and in a circadian fashion. So, um, but it's a longer molecule. There's multiple um, types of growth hormone, right? So it's just, it's one particular fragment. So it also activates the downstream uh, metabolite called IGF-1 where it's growth hormone goes in the liver. And IGF-1 has a bunch of effects on the body as well. Um, The biggest thing is that it's uh, involved with uh, cell, the cell health in terms of uh, growth and differentiation and protection. So it helps the body, helps the cell to heal and to function properly. On the cellular level, it helps your cells and your mitochondria to basically function efficiently, like an efficient engine. You know, uh, that's why I'm big on, you know, cellular medicine. Everything comes down to cell. It's like a car, right? You got to put in the clean, you want clean fuel going in and you want the engine running smoothly and doing its thing without pumping out a lot of bad exhaust. You want a nice clean combustion, right? Same with the cell. If it's not firing properly, you have toxins, bad diet, 
you know, not enough nutrients, et cetera, you're going to get an excessive buildup of reactive oxygen species and free radicals. And that's going to cause problems, going to gunk up the, the engine, so to speak. So, and then, you know, so you want your mitochondria functioning, you want them pumping out as much energy as possible. That's why we get tired. We lose our mitochondria as we get older. So it's a whole nother conversation, but basically the, the IGF-1, the CDC, all these things are going to help the cell function more effectively for, so it's going to help with energy production, which is going to help with fat loss. It's going to help with uh, proper circadian rhythms, proper healing of the tissues. And then of course it, it's going to do with the IGF-1, the growth hormone, all the other aspects, it's going to help your body to heal. So that's why it will help also people with healing. If you've got a soft tissue injury, like we're talking about cartilage and tendons, ligaments, uh, gut issues, and basically going to help the body to heal and it's going to help the skin It'll help maintain muscle mass. It's very anti-catabolic. It's it's not really going to put on muscle per se, but it's going to maintain what you have and prevent that breakdown of that sarcopenia that we all get as we get older, that loss of muscle mass. And it can help lean you out too. It, it helps with fat oxidation, right? It can help you to burn your fat stores and help burn off fat. It's, it's kind of one of the original uh, fat loss peptides, right? It's been around for a long time. You got to be pretty aggressive with the dosing for it to really have a good effect, but it can do that. Um, but for me, I use it more for um, helping with deep sleep, Again, helping your body to heal and recover, helping your cell to function more effectively. It can be very effective if you use it with certain types of fasting protocols, healing protocols. So again, gut health, cellular repair, injuries, um, you know, leaning out, maintaining muscle mass, sleep because it helps with deep sleep. So it does a lot of things. So, but those are kind of the the highlights. Okay. So you, where are you in Ohio? I'm in Ohio. Yep. So you look pretty tan, and I don't even know if this is a peptide, but are you a fan of melanotan? Yeah, I've not used it uh, recently. I have tried it once before several years ago, but um, I got kind of dim lighting. But I do tan very naturally. I've got that. I don't know why. It must have some Mediterranean blood in me, but I tan very easily. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so melanotan is uh, very helpful. Obviously, it can cause a, a little bit of tanning. It's one of the things <laughs> it's used for. <laughs> so if someone's going to go somewhere like, oh, I'm going to, I tan, I burn easily. I'm going to the Caribbean. You know, I might give them some melanotan for a few months beforehand to come. Give that, a little glow, but it's a it's a very effective um, anti-inflammatory agent as well. So it could be very helpful if there's an inflammatory process going on. It can help if someone's got some weight to lose, right? Because it actually helps with satiety and healing and helping that gut brain connection. We're talking about if you've got a lot of cravings and things of this nature. So it's very good for that gut brain connection, um, and also with the uh, promoting the parasympathetic uh, nervous system, like we were talking about earlier about stress. Yeah, you know, it's instead of the fight or flight, we want the parasympathetic, the calming, rest and digest mode, so it can help balance that out through the vagus nerve, the nerve that runs down your, your neck and your, in your, uh, your stomach to promote that parasympathetic activity. So it's a very good, um, for basically chilling you out, reducing inflammation, getting the gut brain axis working, getting you reducing that stress level, um, and then therefore reducing inflammation. So it's very cool for that too. But of course, again, most people are like, oh, I just want to get, yeah, tanned. I had so, no idea that it had uh, other benefits. I, um, yeah. I don't tan. I worked at a tanning salon when I was a teenager and the owner yeah. was always on me. Hey, why don't you jump in one of these beds? I'm like, I just got out. I'm going to be burned tomorrow. And um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, my family likes to go, whether it's the pool or the beach. Um, and, you know, my whole adult life, it was like, I'm going to go swimming for one hour and I'm going to go at nine o'clock at night. No, these crazies go like eight, nine, ten hours a day in the Florida <laughs> sun. So I right. used it before a Florida trip, um, summer before last. And it works. I mean, it's the first time I've ever had a tan in my entire life. I really? loved it. Nice, yeah. Nice. I loved it. All of my uh, nieces and nephews started calling me uncle black knuckle because it did, uh, you know, my <laughs> knuckles got a little darker than the rest of me, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it works for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Uncle black. Knuckle. I love it. <laughs> what about uh, <laughs> Tessamorelin, Ipamorelin? What do those do? Yeah, similar. So uh, Ipramorel is actually uh, what we call a GHRP, a growth hormone releasing peptide. So it works in conjunction with the CDC, kind of works through a different mechanism. It uh, it prevents what's called somatostatin from firing. Somatostatin is the one balances the growth hormone. If you get too much growth hormone, somatostatin is going to basically turn it off. It's like a feedback mechanism. So the Ipramorel will kind of reduce that a little bit. So CDC and Ipramorel, often you can get them together. That's the one of the few peptides you can actually give together. Um, so it's just kind of a synergistic effect. So, um, although some people can use Ipamorelin by itself and get a pretty good effect, like, especially with women. Um, so, but for most of my guys, I'll use it together and it works very well for what we were talking about earlier. Tessamorelin is, uh, similar, uh, to the Ipamorelin, but it's much more powerful. Um, so it has a lot more effect on visceral fat, right? So it's very good for getting, reducing that visceral fat 
and especially if you've got you know you got that big gut, you got to reduce that because that's the dangerous kind of fats in the, in the in the internal side, the gut yeah. uh, around around your organs. You want to reduce that. So it's also very effective for what we talked earlier about about maintaining muscle mass, uh, getting rid of visceral fat, maintaining bone mass, uh, things like that. So um, so it's one. The downside is it's very expensive. So I will use it for someone who really needs it, but I'll just do it in bursts. Like I might do it for a month or two, then rotate them back to this to the CJC up and maybe down the road, do another round and kind yeah. of bounce it back and forth that way. So um, very good for bone health too. They're the growth hormone uh, in general and the, the peptides that enhance it are one of the few things that do the most for promoting bone growth. So as people get older, they're having osteopenia or losing bone mass, you can grow bone by six to eight percent or more. And there's not much else that does it other than estrogen, um, you know, estrogen, testosterone, probably number two, but the growth hormone is great for bones. And, you know, everybody's getting thin bones as we get older, and especially with uh, dietary issues going on. So it's something to be something to be aware of. Yeah. Are there any others that you prescribe regularly that you just love? Yeah, there's a lot. I'd say the CDC, Perel, and the BPC are probably the top two. And of course, the semaglutide and the, the, the combo semaglutide, the boosted one is a, I use those a lot. Um, the thymusins, I like to use those as well um, because of so many people, especially a lot of my clientele are, you know, guys and gals that want to work out and want to hit the gym. They're CrossFitters or they're powerlifters or jujitsu um, and they need to heal. They've got injuries. So I'll use the thymusin for that. And the thymusin alpha, it's getting a little bit harder to get, but I still like to use it, especially around this time of year when everybody's having, uh, everybody's getting sick, right? And they want to maintain their immune system. Um, so I'd say those are probably the most common ones. There's some other ones I like to use for mitochondrial function too, like mod SC, um, as a mitochondrial enhancer, especially for like performance. Like if you know, you're going to be doing an event or something, it's a good one to use before that. Um, you know, there's some nasal ones that can be used for, um, anxiety and, you know, uh, mental, you know, cognitive issues. People have anxiety, depression kinds of thing. There's a couple of nasal sprays called C-Lank and C-Max, uh, which can be very helpful for, um, neurocognitive effects in terms yeah. of reducing brain inflammation, calming the mind so you could focus you know, people that are really, really anxious, that kind of thing. So those are a handful. There's a, there's a, a handful of other ones, but those are probably the more common ones that we've used and I've used a lot. So you mentioned uh, everybody getting sick this type this time of year. I've, I've been battling something since October and I, I mean, I can't breathe. My nose is stuffy and it's, it looked like allergies at first and I haven't had allergies as an adult in a long time. Uh, right. I moved into a house in October and that's when it started. I thought, okay, well, we've got carpet here. We've got dogs. Maybe that's it. I haven't had carpet in a long time. I did a mold right. test the other day. Now in podcast school, the first thing they taught me was, you know, to show things, uh, visual things, but can you see all that? Something's growing there. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> look at this. That, that's quite the Petri dish. This is, uh, I sat that on my nightstand for an hour and put the lid on it, and that that's the result. So I'm supposed to send it off now and figure out if it's like cancer-causing or just an allergen. Well, the, when you mentioned the the stuff earlier, that was my first thought. I was like, you're exposed to mold or something, probably. To what stuff? Mold. Oh, whenever I was mentioning the symptoms? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, there it is. It's in my bedroom. So I guess I need to send yeah, that I mean, off. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Um so you might might want to look into that too. Any problems with fatigue or excessive fatigue or brain fog, anything like that, gut issues, anything like that? No, nothing, nothing the different there. Yeah, just um, sore throat, uh, nasal congestion, that kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be my first concern. Make sure there's not a big mold issue, mold exposure, because that's something you definitely want to get rid of and fix. Yeah, because um, that'll just linger and just cause problems. So mold, yeah, allergies will do it too, of course, and that kind of thing. But typically if it's going on for months and months, it's, it's like an environmental issue. Yeah. I always joke with my wife always like this has been going on for years. I've been joking with my wife since it happened, you know, Oh, it's not like I, uh, you know, pay the bills with my voice or anything, but yeah. So it's, it's affecting my voice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to lose that Wolfman Jack. Voice, <laughs> what about uh, downsides to TRT? What are, what are the downsides? Man, um, that's a good one. So biggest thing, I think, um, real downsides is really not too much if you do it properly. Um, side effects are pretty minimal if you do it right. Um, I haven't had too many issues. I mean, some people, of course, will, especially women, some, sometimes are more sensitive in terms of maybe getting some acne uh, or some hair growth in places they don't want, but that can be controlled. Um, but I've never really had any major side effects or problems from it other than just the expense and the the to have like anything of taking, just like taking something, you got to give yourself, put the cream on or do the injection. Yeah. Um, 
but not really a whole lot of downside otherwise, right? So um, unless you've got like uh, something that would contraindicate it, like an active cancer, but even then. Um, so yeah, not much. Um, there's a lot of myths out there about what can happen, side effects and things. My personal experience, a lot of my colleagues has been pretty pretty, pretty minor for the most part, because again, we're, we're doing it right. People that do, do way too much of it, of course, can have problems, uh, which I do see. People yeah. come to me from other clinics and they're just doing it themselves and they're just doing way too damn much or the wrong kind or they're buying off the street or online or they're getting some crap product and they're having, they're having problems. But yeah, um, yeah other than that, no, it's pretty well, pretty well managed. So that was my next question. What's the most preposterous TRT related myth that you've heard? <laughs> um, I'm a woman, so I'm going to grow a penis if I use testosterone. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a common one or I'm going to grow a beard, right? Um, guys, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to stroke out and die or I'm going to, um, get prostate cancer or, um, my blood's going to be too thick. Those are the common ones with yeah. guys anyway, or I'm going to, it's going to make me mean, I'm going to be really aggressive and mean. So those are probably the, the more common myths I hear, um, that I have to kind of assuade and comfort people and reassure them that that's not going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. I got one more question for you. Uh, this one's pretty random. A buddy of mine sent me a video the other day of a very well-known prominent internet sensation. Uh, he was speaking to another very well-known prominent internet sensation. It was Derek from more plates, more dates speaking to Andrew Huberman, who, by the way, recently mentioned me on his podcast. So that was pretty, oh, yeah? pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Nice, um, nice. they were talking and Derek said that men with micro penises can get significant size enhancement by using DHT cream. Any truth to that, to your knowledge? I don't know about micro asking for a friend. Se. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. I don't, because I don't deal with, I don't really have a patient with a true micro penis, you know, define micro penis, I guess, you know, people that are quote unquote smaller than the average, can they get some size growth? Yeah, it's possible. Probably not. You're not going to go from like, I don't know, three inches to eight inches or anything like that, but, yeah. or put on an inch of girth. But that's one of the reasons I do like, I use a lot of the topical, uh, testosterone cream because there's more conversion into DHT, which again, going back to our myth that, oh, DHT is bad. Well, not really. If you manage it properly, a lot of benefits you get from testosterone actually comes from your DHT, especially a lot of those androgenic effects, uh, muscle and libido, sex drive and things of that nature, better sexual performance. And yes, there have been some anecdotal reports of some size growth down there. Um, as to how much, don't know. There's not enough out there to really uh, tabulate or, or calculate how much, but yeah. again, I don't think you're, it's not like you're going to, you know, gain three inches and, you know, kind of thing, nothing like that. And that, not that I'm aware of. So, yeah. uh, so there is some underlying truth to that, but I, there, I'm sure there is some exaggeration too. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. And when he first sent it, I, I saw Derek and I was like, no way he's full of crap. But then once I realized that he was talking to Huberman, I was like, well, maybe there is something to it, you know, cause Andrew Huberman, he doesn't really mess around. He's pretty scientific. Right. So I yeah. was wondering if it was, if it was specifically like uh, like a clinical micro penis, and the way that he was explaining it was that you you essentially go through puberty for the first time in your penis, so I thought maybe it's possible. What? Yeah, I think that's what I say. Like with your average person, maybe just quote unquote, maybe they think they're smaller, maybe yeah, some mental effect. Yeah. But a, yeah, like a true micro penis is a whole different category. I've not, I don't have any patients who have that, but I'm aware of it clinically, um, and that is a very completely different thing. How do you and, know you don't have think, any patients? Do you ask them? Well, I don't, <laughs> truthfully, but I think they would tell me. <laughs> um, but you're right. I think that's a whole different hormonal pathway. And like you said, if they were never exposed and they've got, there's there's obviously something wrong. There's probably some genetic issue, anatomic issue, as well as a neurochemical and hormonal pathway issue. And it's more a combination of those things. And if their body's just not making testosterone and you, now you're exposing it to them, can they get some significant growth? I suspect there probably would be because they've never been exposed to it. So yeah. as to how much, I don't know. I really don't know. The way that I've explained, uh, you know, testosterone TRT related to penis sizes, it, it hasn't made my penis bigger, but it definitely, and I don't know if it's the TRT or if it's the way that my wife makes me feel, but it definitely makes it more prominent, more note, more it, it's when flaccid, you know, it's like more relevant to my life. Yep. Yep. I hear you. Hangs Absolutely. better. Well, and there's a lot of that, um, not only physical, but I think there's that whole, um, I don't know say how to say it, but like that physical, mental, emotional connection, right? Yeah. You're more aware of it. You're more attuned to your body from a 
sexual perspective because all those pathways are firing. So you're more mentally aware of it subconsciously and consciously, as well as maybe some physical changes. So I think it's a combination yeah. of things. Yep. I, I dig it either way. It's nice. Yeah. It has to yeah. walk through the door before me. So I like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I appreciate you coming on. We're going to have to do this again. Um, that's all I got. Absolutely. Happy to. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. 